It's time for honest reflection in youth ministry. The present culture is more established than ever. It's so crushing for many a youth pastor. There's a lot to be learned about youth ministry and even more to be shared. Here's to hoping that this helps. Whether you are 19 and have just started or have been serving in ministry for 19 years, we hope that this weekly dose of honesty and humor will help to heal and renew hope for you and yours. Welcome to After Nine, the most honest hour in youth ministry. Hello and welcome to After Nine. My name is Chad Higgins. And I'm Zach Workin. Zach, how in the world are you? Chad, I am exhausted. <laughs> it is the week after camp and I, I'm tired. Like I'm tired in the way that like my heart is full and my body is spent and I'm recuperating. Like I am recuperating. But it's just like, it's like that big event, right? Like it just kind of like takes shit out of you. Like I just feel kind of like professionally winded, right? Like I feel like I just ran like the big race. I assume that's how people feel after they do long runs. I don't really know. I just hang out and love to pull at the gym. But I assume after like a big race, you just feel like, like you feel really good because you finished and it happened. It was great. Maybe your time was good. But I just, I feel like kind of like, kind of lost in the sea of like, what's next? What am I supposed to do? So I'm really thankful for our time today. I just, I needed some time today with you, mainly just to say thank you. So you spent a whole week with my people like you you it was good you're like transitioning in life and in the middle of the transition you like were with us and i felt yeah. good like i had my, my buddy with me for a whole week at camp and it was really great to like watch you like be chad the like the minister heart and like this volunteer role where you just really cared about my kids and my leaders man like just thank you for that week it was just fun to share that with you in like a whole like kind of fresh new way well it was fun and and you didn't have to ask me to leave um, which was send you home early. That was really what I was going for. I was okay. like, "Don't get kicked out of Zach's camp." Um, Martha and, will be embarrassed. Martha, will be embarrassed. if she has to come pick me up, <laughs> she's Damn not going to be God. happy. <laughs> I mean, I know you had to call her that one night, but I can't she, imagine the car ride home. If I had to have sent you home and Martha had to come pick you up, you would have been so harshly scolded all the way back. <laughs> What were you thinking? <laughs> no, I think she would have just been happy to have him back. Oh, sooner. She's just like, Thanks, Zach. I miss my husband. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, no. Martha. No, but it was fun, man. It was it was cool to, um, you know, as a, as a youth minister for so many years, like um, I'm normally either you know the the youth guy or the guy that's coming in as like the the main speaker, and yeah. so to get to kind of come in in this role yeah. and just serve your people and be with you and um, you know and sure we had some other motives of being able to like be in the same place for a week and do some recording and some Talk other shop yeah yeah some other business things and so just getting us together for an entire week was like a massive plus for us um but just getting to play in that role yeah was really kind of fun right it it, it reminded me um well I, I just things? Yeah. yeah i got to see like this whole side of it that when you're like 14 years of being on the other side as the youth minister, yeah. like sometimes you forget, mm. right? Like especially at camp when there are just times where um, you as like the the leader or whatever, like you're doing different things and, and you can forget of like maybe how taxing and exhausting some of it is, yeah. right? Of just constantly going, going, going. 
Um, and, and so it was just a good reminder of that. Your people are amazing, Zach. You're, you have great students. Your leaders are um, absolutely phenomenal. And so, um, yeah. Thanks, man. Well, no, they, they are good. They're a special class of leaders um, that really, really care about our students and are unique and different. Like, that's one of the things I feel most blessed by is, like, only only the Holy Spirit could put together the team that we have together. Right. Like, it's it's moms, it's dads, it's college-age students. It's, right. It's, it's very diverse. People in the 30s, people that are, you know, I, I have wealthy families. I have, you know, middle-to-low-income families. I've got folks that know exactly what they want out of life, folks that are still searching what they want in life. Um, but they love students, and they love our group, right. and it's a great. They're just great people to have together, and it's, it's a lot of fun. So – where do I go from here? Because we had a really good week at camp. We've had a really great summer at church. The thing I think we've been asking for this, so after nine question of the week, how do I get more of these great volunteers, right? right. Like I, I'm not satisfied, right? So I, I have a holy dissatisfaction. Like I've got great leaders. We had a lot of students that came this summer that, that were new or maybe came back or, or just showed up from wherever they showed up. Like, but I need more leaders. I, I want right. to keep that ratio. I want to have people that are investing in the lives of students. Where do I go? What do I start with? Sure, and I, I think that that uh, being in student ministry, we've all asked that question at one time or another, right? I need more help. Right? Like <laughs> somebody help me. Where do I find them? Where do I find them? <laughs> like, like nobody's asking. Like, do I need more help? No, no, no. We're all asking. I need more help, but where do I find the good help? Where the do I find ones. the good help? Where yeah. are the good ones at? <laughs> so th- there's a, a couple of different things that we'll probably talk about um, today. But one of the things that I want us to look at, um, Zach, for you. Um, well, I, let me, let me just point it this way. Um, I think that most people, when you're trying to recruit new volunteers, um, for most people, they do it one way, right? Okay. Um, that they just post, um, something in there, like their e-news, you know, to their whole church or their like Sunday morning flyer. That's like need help in student ministry. There's the bulletin board out in the hallway for the help desk. Just sign on up for helping the youth. Right. Yeah. And and we think that they're just going to come. Right. Yeah. And that that's going to be like all we need. And, um, may the Lord guide their footsteps to the bulletin board <laughs> right. where Florence may guide them back to our youth center areas. Yeah. One of the things that um, I, I heard a speaker talk about that um, really impacted the way that I recruit leaders, um, he talked through the, that process um, and it reminded me that um, when you post something like um, help needed in student ministry, that your people – that will respond to something like that um, are people that are gifted in like that are high mercy type people, right? Okay. That so their like spiritual gift is mercy because, because they have mercy for you, right? Okay. No, honestly, think about that. So they feel for you. That's not necessarily like an innate calling to youth ministry. They're just like, oh, sweet Chad. He needs help. He needs help. He needs help. Right. Okay. And so those are the type of leaders that you get. And so you get people that are like they see a need and that's their their nature to yeah. okay, well then they need help, I can help, I'll do it. Yeah. Um and so what that does though is to try to find some of those leaders that probably aren't as gifted high in mercy, but are leaders that you need? Because here's the, here's the truth. In every ministry, you need um, a scope 
of leaders that are gifted in different areas. A composition. You need a right. mixture to your leaders. That's right. Exactly. That's right. Because so, you've got a mixture to your students. Right. You need people that are high mercy, but you need people that are very driven, that are leadership focused. You need people that are hospitality focused. Administrative. Right. Absolutely. All of those kind of aspects. And so to get that, you can't just, um, for lack of a better word, use one type of bait, right? Okay. Um, so you've got lure, to, lure, lure. All the Pokemon Go fans will appreciate that. <laughs> They're lure, um, and so we've we've got to be able to go in different avenues to get them. Um, so when when you think about that, all right. So what am I looking for? What am I specifically needing? Most of us, I think, from what I hear and what I've experienced over the past, one of the biggest um, areas that we're looking for are leaders that are um, really qualified to teach. Right. Okay. And oftentimes those are going to be your leaders, you know what I mean, type people. Yeah. Um, Small it, group, medium-sized group, department head kind of right. people. Yeah. And so those are people that you've got to go after and you've got to make the ask. Okay. Right? No, that's good. So, well, so, so in my, my little Baptist church growing up, this person that you're about to name was the head of the nominating committee. Okay. And she was the lady that would work the directory. Directories existed because of Miss Pearl. And Miss Pearl would go down and call everybody and be like, I think you ought to be on this committee. I think you ought to serve here. I think you ought to do there. And she, every summer, would actively engage, call, and recruit, and then submit who was going to serve in what ways in the fall. And, like, that is such a radically different ask than some other places. And so that's always in my back of my head or whatever. Now, what happened for her is because she only knew so many people, almost had so much relational bandwidth. She'd ask a lot of the same people over and over. But I think the practice of... I'm not just going to say we have an open slot on the finance committee. I'm going to call the guy that's an accountant. I'm going right. to call the guy that's you know a portfolio manager, a guy that's in you know my dad that worked at a bank. Like these are people sure. that like, should be working with the numbers of a church, right? Because not just everybody should be like, ah, these look fine, you know. Like right. you want skilled people for that skilled subset. Yeah. Well, and that's what I found is your great leaders are already booked in places <laughs> because they're great. Because they're great. <laughs> they're great. <laughs> Other people want them, right? They're busy. They I have demand. <laughs> yeah, they have, you know, really important jobs, quote unquote or whatever. Um and and, and they're busy people. Yeah. But those are the people that you want, right, right? Right. And so you have to make the ask. One of the one of the um uh, leadership principles that I live by is let them say no for themselves. Okay. Um, Unpack that a little bit because I, I, I like how you said it, but I, I need, I need an anecdote. I need some, some narrative. Sure. That. So, you know, I think one of the time, a, a lot of the times we will, we'll think through somebody, right? Okay. Um, so let's say that you were in my church, Zach, you're busy. You've got a lot of things going on. And I'm like, man, Zach would be a great small group leader. But then I'm like, uh, by the way, Zach is laughing at that right now. So um, Zach would be a great small group leader. I believe that. I trust that. All those kind of things. So you lack the gift of discernment, but go ahead. <laughs> right. But I believe in you, Zach. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so let's say that that's true. Zach's going to be a great small group leader. But I see that Zach's life is busy, all those kind of things. Um, I could very easily go uh, – he can't do it. He's not going to have time. All those kind of things. I can create all the reasons in my head why you're not going to do it yeah. and why you're going to say no. And so I'll never make the ask. You just never ask me. I'll okay. never ask. Okay. And I think a lot of people do that. 
Oh, he can't do it. He's too busy. Right. Okay. okay. And, and, and so we will, we will say no for other people a lot of times. Okay. Right. Oh, it's too last minute. All those kind of things, right. That pop up. No, we're not going to do it. We'll do without all those kind of things. We'll shift things around and we will never make the ask. Um, but I found with leaders like that, that you want, if you will go after them, make the ask, present it in, in, in such a way, um, that is meaningful and not menial, right? And when we so when we start creating positions for yeah. these people, especially if you're going after really good ones, um, you're only going to get really good ones if the position is worthwhile wow. for them. No, Chad, that's so good because if we don't add value to what we're asking them to, if we don't declare the worth and the reasoning behind the ask, it's going to be really easy to say no. But if you sell them on something that's big and meaningful and significant, how could they not say yes? So we're going to take it to the break. When we come back, we're going to describe to you the importance of having a process. Because as soon as you start layering your ask beyond just, please help me, you better know what you're setting them up into and what it means to walk them through asking in the right kind of way. So come back after the break. We'll talk through the recruiting process for getting volunteers. Great volunteers. Calling all After 9 listeners. Zach and Chad are incredibly thankful for your patronage and encouragement. As we move into the next chapter of After 9, we want to ask for your support. You can help make After 9 even better. Please consider contributing monthly to growing After 9's reach and resources by visiting our Patreon page. Go to www.patreon.com slash After 9 to become a supporter. You can also visit www.afternineministry.com support to learn more. We appreciate your ongoing encouragement, prayers, and support. All right, we're back after the break. Chad, you've set us up. You've convicted us. We are only asking in one way, but now we are rethinking how to ask in multiple ways. But if we're going to be serious about recruiting in multiple ways, we better darn sure have a process that we're asking them into that cycles our leaders sure. appropriately. Because if we're going after great leaders, if we're about recruiting great leaders, then we better have a pretty good process in place. Right. Um, so the first thing that we're going to think through and, and talk through, um, once you've either asked them, and, and I'm not saying don't put things in the bulletin, right? Because you need things there as well. Because you, <laughs> you need those type of leaders. You need packets on you know your um, your lobby area, all those kind of things. You need to be able um, – one of the best methods that I've that I use is I always talk to my current leaders – and I'm like, hey, who do you know that would be a great leader? Yeah, because they know what the job entails. Right. right? Like they, they know what they're up against. Yeah. And I found if they work with the people they enjoy, they're better leaders. <laughs> they're actually going to stick around a little longer. <laughs> right. Yeah, if they can bring their good friend in to be their co-small group leader, yeah. that normally works really, really well. That's multiplication. <laughs> right. Um, and, and so what do we do with them? So one of the first things that, that I always encourage – is um, some sort of leader application. Okay. Um, this gives you this kind of gate into your ministry. And also has something put in their hand. Right. Or, or email to their inbox. So you give them a packet of information that has the explanation of your student ministry, what it's about, your values, all that kind of stuff. Um, explanation of different leadership roles. 
Um, so if you have multiple different things that you're looking for leaders, um, then you want kind of a packet that's going to c- connect all of them, yeah. and then they're able to indicate which one they're interested that's with, good. or or which one you're wanting them to be. Whether they're a small group leader, you know, just somebody there on Wednesday night, somebody helping hospitality stuff, you know, whatever that may be for your ministry, you can have all that there. And that's definitely something you should think through um, in the now before you create the application right. because these are the things, this kind of tiering of volunteers that helps with your multiple ask. You're not only asking through multiple channels. You're asking for multiple people to be resourced right. to various things because if you just say you want help, then you may be assigning the wrong kinds of people to the wrong kinds of, of tasks or duties or responsibilities. And if you have a lot of unfit or ill-fit people leading, it's going to hurt your ministry right. and ultimately feel like it's hurting you because you're trying to have – someone that's not doing a thing well because because they're not skilled at doing it you know right some some folks love leading the small group some folks love just being the van driver you've got a guy in your church right now that just wants to be the guy that gets called to drive a van for weekend events or to camp or whatever or if it's like a bus driver person that specialized like there are only certain folks that can do those certain things so make sure you're asking the right people for the right thing by having those different categories. Absolutely. Um, and, and then in, in that, what that's allowed me to do over the years is this. Um, sometimes I'll have leaders that weed themselves out. Okay. Right? It's the They gung- won't finish the packet. <laughs> right. It's the gung-ho kid that's 20 years old that he is just certain that he's going to be the next greatest small group leader ever. Right? And he comes and picks up a pretty lengthy packet. Um, and he doesn't finish it. Paperwork in youth ministry? <laughs> I'm I out. I didn't sign up for this. Here's what I found. If you can't make your way through a six-page packet, you're probably not going to cut it real well as a small group leader. <laughs> i give you six weeks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's not going to work real well. And so be willing to, to, to say no to some, you know, okay to bad leaders to get the really good ones. And it's worth it for the good ones. And I think that's something maybe even in the first half that we can kind of pull back in to reemphasize. Great leaders are worth it. Sure. Are worth it. And and, and you, you will have to put in the energy and the effort. But folks that will come into your ministry and be great will be great if you give them the right kind of invitation, right. the right kind of ask, because you're asking them into something great, which is being a part right. of the transformation formation and the lives of young people that's huge they aren't helping with the youth they're shaping the lives of young people that's amazing right and and so you're able to set the expectation for them up front with this packet um, and then you're explaining to them like a clear expectation of what is involved Um, a great friend of mine uh damian parks when we worked together developed a um a process that he used i still used um um, all through my ministry, and it was um, the three three six eight process, and so that was one of the easy ways that we communicated to our um, leaders, our, our small group leaders, the expectation for them. And so we would say this: three three is this. We're asking for three hours a week for okay. them. And so um, that's what the three stood for. Um, that meaning that we want you at your small group for an hour. Um, one of our other events every week, no matter what that was, whether it was um, Sunday or Wednesday night, just to connect with the students. So we're not asking you to be on all of it, but pick one of the other ones, just to connect with your students, see your students to be there. That was that relational time. Um, if they weren't another leader in, in another area, they didn't have any other responsibilities rather than just connect there, be some crowd control for us, things like that. 
Um, and then the other hour was we wanted an hour of pre- preparation for okay. the week. And so we felt like that was pretty fair. We're not asking for this astronomical amount of time. Yeah. It's a realistic expectation. Yeah. They know what they're getting into up front. We're asking for three hours a week. That's good. Um, in that three hours a week, normally in that uh, – other two hours, whether you're seeing students or you're preparing, um, we would ask for uh, six contacts a week. Okay. Whether that's – What does a contact look like? So that, that – we leave that up to the discretion of the leaders. Sometimes we would prompt them into some things, right? We would hand them – cards and you know like physical addresses we're like hey write some you know letters to your students this week a handwritten note a day oh man it's huge (laughs) right huge it is um for uh, for kids that are in this digital age to get a postcard in the mail that's handwritten is this foreign weird thing that's really cool now um it's like space mail (laughs) did you know People just like bring stuff to that box out front. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like I didn't know the guy, but I knew the person that sent it. That's crazy. <laughs> How did they get it to him? <laughs> How did they get it to him? And so uh, must be a mutual friend. <laughs> a mutual friend. The mailman is mutual <laughs> friends friend to everyone. with your friend. That's right. Right. So, um, anyways. Whether it's writing cards, whether it's phone calls, and so we would say sometimes you'll have weeks that your contact is that same kid six times, times because they need it because right. maybe they're going through a tough time or maybe it's trying to reconnect. Okay, okay. right. But then a lot of times you're trying to connect with six different students, okay. right? You're texting them, you're calling them, um, you're going hanging out with them, right? That's a connection point. All those kind of things, and so we just want you to connect with six students in some way outside of the church every week. Um, And and then the final one was eight really fell on our shoulders because we wanted them to know the expectation that they had for us as well. And so what we would always tell our small group leaders is at eight students, we divide and we multiply your group. Okay. Um, The reason we set that is we, we found that some of our great leaders their groups would explode. Yeah, um, because great leaders attract m- many people. Right, <laughs> yeah. and so then we had leaders that were trying to manage groups of like 16, 20 kids. Like solo or in partners? Well, they would have partners, but that's still like pretty overwhelming. That's like 10 per, uh, yeah. Right, yeah, okay. and, and so, um, but they would they would get to the these places where like, I mean, I've got leaders that are running like small groups, right? And are not small groups, but like small ministries. Yeah, small yeah. ministries, and and you're like, okay, that that's not reasonable. You're not able to care for all of them. Yeah. And so we would always make sure that at eight students for you, we're already starting to develop another group, getting other leaders in there, dividing these groups, all that kind of stuff. That's cool. Man. And, and so that allows this three six eight policy. Um, a very clear expectation of what we're wanting, what we're looking for. And I think pairing that with the expectations, Chad, and this is the part that I think on, on on our side of stuff that we've been serving at in Tulsa that we've learned is that a lot of people that are afraid to say yes are afraid they may not have enough training. Right. And so I think the, the, the other part of having to ask, setting the expectations, but promising and delivering good training yeah like these are folks i mean if you're if you're asking people to come and help serving your youth ministry they're doing something else because they're doing this in a volunteer way they're not thinking about it they're not fine-tuning systems and philosophies and the retooling the vision they're showing up after a hard day's work or spending time with their kids or being busy elsewhere or managing their own lives they want to know when they show up on a sunday or a midweek or a small group 
they know what to do right. and how much of whatever to do for how long. They yeah. need to know what it's supposed to look like and when it's not looking like it, how to help it from going too right. wrong. What does your training look like for your leaders? So so you've recruited them, right? Yeah. Um, what does your training look like? So our training is kind of a two-phase process. So for us, coupled with the expectations is, is a binder because not right. to be outdone, we don't have a packet. We have a binder of stuff yeah. that we'll work through. It has like old meeting notes. We'll have like kind of workshops and training seminars. The notes from those are always added to the binder. So when someone new comes in, they've got you know the last couple years wow. of of the notes from the seminar on boundary training or safety training. Right. And they miss the meeting, but they have the notes. Uh, and then we'll have description guides of all the things that we do, and then we will spend time with them specializing because we have this kind of unique kind of fourfold program inside of our umbrella of ministry, training them on the program in which they're serving. And so part of that is an audition into that program. So right. our Sunday morning is very different than our Friday night. So they will come in and kind of test drive a Sunday morning setting or a Friday night setting or both to get a real feel for what it looks like. And in those places, I've got some really excellent leaders, like beyond great, excellent leaders that they can sit under for a couple of weeks and really see it like right. play out on the field. So not just the playbook of like here's how it could look. But like here it is in the grit happening, and then we'll try to review a little bit and then kind of involved in, in right. what's going on. And, and I think that that's a phenomenal thing. Um, I always made it a, a case. Any of my new leaders, um, you sat underneath one of my skilled leaders. One of the best. <laughs> for at least a semester. Yeah. Um, and, and that really helps a lot because they get to see it, right? And you get to show them this is the expectation. Yeah. You are um, partner with one of my best. Just whatever he or she says, know that they're one of my best, and I trust them, right. learn from them. Right. Yeah, yeah. And that's the best, right? I mean, we want to do our due diligence with binders and things like that, but when you can really see it and get into it, that's when it becomes alive for for us, yeah. right? That's really, really good. Um, so, yeah, that that's a phenomenal process to start to walk through. So um, we, we start with this process of um, the application process, uh, getting to know them, I think, is a really good one. Maybe we skip through that. That's something I always like to do. A little interview. A little, um, like, we do some interview yeah. process. I always like to buy any of my new leaders uh, lunch or coffee. Always sit a down, coffee, yeah. Sit down with them, talk through, hey, um, you've worked through the packet. This is what this looks like. Go over the questions, all that kind of stuff. Um, we will add um, – you'll find uh, a link in the show notes. Um, I'm going to be posting – I'll redo some of my um, leadership application and packet, um, and I'll take off graphics and stuff. You can slap your things on there. It will be a completely free resource. We'd love to get maybe your email address if you haven't given that to us already, uh, but we would love to give you that uh leader application for you use it take it change it however you want to it's yours Chaz done the work for you just give us an email and then we'll email you back all that good stuff yeah. that way you can have all all that stuff compiled because you need it and no one wants to really do it but we got to have it you got to have it right it's important and so then after that leader has gone through that interview process, they get some adequate training they get paired with another great leader that you get to walk with them and then they're there forever, right, Zach? They're forever and ever. Once you say and ever and ever, ever and fourteen years. Once you say yes to youth ministry, you don't get to leave until you <laughs> leave the church. Blood in, oh. blood out. Is what I always say to mine. <laughs> Some people are like, "That's true. They they didn't just leave the youth ministry; they left the church." Pause, friend. We're here to tell you, dear listener, that not only do you need to have good ways to enter your youth ministry, right? Hear us say this. You need to have an excellent exit strategy for your leaders 
that either want out or need out. Right. Um, whatever this means for you, this might be better to have on the front end. Maybe you're signing people on on quote-unquote year contracts. Maybe you're inviting them in a semester at a time. Whatever it is, you need to have a window probably annually if not every other year where they can either re-up and recommit to or if they want to bow out graciously or if you want to uninvite for next year. Right. Because here's the thing. It's not a fit for everybody, and it's also not a fit for every season of life. You may have that amazing leader that's just saying, you know, next year is really busy. I'm changing my job. This is happening. Um, you know, we're about to have our first kid, whatever it is. And they may need to say, can I please have this next year off? Instead of dragging them, pulling them, having them no show on you because they're busy, right. they're overwhelmed, and they just can't make it, or they're sending the text the morning of because they just can't make it, give them the opportunity to bow out gracefully. And I guarantee the ones that really care and can stick around will find ways back to you right. and appreciate you and the grace and the wisdom you had by knowing that not all of life is even. And there are some seasons that we need to be in and some seasons we need to be out. I had a couple one one time that were, was walking through just a lot in their life um, and were it was a struggle, man. Like just getting them there, they were showing up like literally like 20 minutes late to small group, right? Where the kids are like coming and finding me like, uh, our leaders, our leader. You know what I mean? And things like that. And, you're and they blow like, in oh. and they're like, oh, sorry, 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 sorry. Right, right, And the right. whole group is just like tilted because of it. Yeah. And then they, you know, we, we asked them, hey, hey, step away for for a moment. Come back when you're ready. Because I could tell that they had all the pieces if they just had time, right? Yeah. And their life wasn't chaos. They came back a couple of years later when like things had smoothed out amazing awesome like next level amazing leaders um and so like yeah just what you're talking about sometimes there are just seasons and i think if we don't have that expectations and that understanding that life happens for our leaders then we can miss out in leaders that are amazing a couple years from now because we burn them out right now those are also the stories that build incredible credibility in your church sure if you get marked as the minister in your church that was gracious and wise and discerning in the ways of which people volunteer that's the kind of thing that maybe you letting someone else go and that story spreading brings someone else in because i heard you are wise and fair and just <laughs> <laughs> like this is this is like the noble monarch thing right like right. have you heard of chad he is kind and good to those that are his serfs <laughs> He executes them quickly. Quickly, with swift justice. <laughs> His hammer falls. Um, but beyond just being good in your exit, I think you also need to be really good in your evaluation. And I think maybe this podcast is the beginning part, or maybe this is, you know, we're back here around the horn again, and you're thinking through another year of ministry into another fall of ministry. Evaluate. Maybe these are this is part of your process and that some of these things are already there, and you can just right. name them. Hey, we, we already do an application thing. Or, man, like I have great training, but you know I never really thought about having an application process. Or right. maybe you have a bunch of great leaders, and they've all been there a long time, and you never asked them to raise their hands and said, who's tired? Who needs right. a semester off? And so whatever it is for you, begin to – <laughs> There own, are probably some people that are afraid to ask that question. <laughs> I want to leave, but I'm so tired. Uh, just finding a way like in your particular church, in your community, in your context – can you begin to piece through some of these things, consider your process, and do the right kind of evaluation? Because if you have a great process and a great energy and are about asking at multiple levels, multiple ways, multiple tiers, I guarantee 
I guarantee you will begin to add to your number, maybe not daily, but (laughs) seasonally great, great leaders. So I want to leave with this, Zach, because I know, um, speaking to other youth ministers, there are probably more than a few people listening right now um, that are hearing all this, that you're at a church where you've been struggling, um, and literally you're just going, I just wish I had one other person. Anybody to help. Anyone to help, and you feel like you've been banging your head against the wall. Um, My encouragement to you is this. Look in all of the unexpected places. You know, I think a lot of times we can get to that place, and we have this idea of what a great youth ministry volunteer looks like. And I have found that some of my greatest volunteers over the years have been people that I would have never expected until I saw them in the role. Mm. Um, some of the people that have connected the best with some of my students have been little old ladies Yeah, that you're like, well, they don't have all the energy to run around with them. They don't need it. They have the grace and the patience. Right. And they're able to connect with these students in ways that you can't imagine. And so get outside your bubble. Make that ask, right, that's more than just this blanket ad in in your program, um, and, and search them out. Seek them out. Let them know what you're looking for and give them the opportunity to really serve and use the giftings that God's given them to be a minister in their own rights. And be surprised and be encouraged and take heart when they don't look like you. Right. There's enough of you in the room. Let somebody else in. That diversity, that mix, that composition of leaders builds for a healthy Right. Go find great leaders and be a great leader. Thanks for listening to After Nine. Join the community and continue the conversation on Facebook, Twitter, or visit afternineministry.com to share your story.